As entrepreneurs, you know, we always struggle on how do we build a great business that's going to support the quality of life that we want in all our stakeholders. I mean, we're not in business for more business. We're in business for a great quality of life. I'm John Bowen at AESNation.com, accelerating entrepreneurial success. And I've got a remarkable individual that's going to be joining us. He's a fellow entrepreneur. You know, he started out as a CPA, and we won't hold that against him details and all that, but he blossomed into an entrepreneur. He's a serial entrepreneur, known him for a number of years. He's been one of the guys who's given me a lot of great insights on all the things that change. And he's really positioned himself as an entrepreneurial mentor. And you're going to love this because what he has done is he's walked the talk. He's built, he's bought, he's sold, he's gone full cycle on the experience. And now he's helping other entrepreneurs. And I want you to know his insights because they've certainly helped me. Stay tuned. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Mel Abraham, thank you for joining us here today. I really appreciate the magic of Skype. You are here. We're both in Northern California, but we're making a difference over the internet today. So, you know, as a fellow entrepreneur, I really appreciate you taking the time out. Wonderful, John. It is an honor and a blessing to be here and be with you. I mean, one, technology is amazing that we can do this at the quality that we can, but to be able to share some time with you, with all the things that you've done in your audience, I am honored. Well, and I, you know, and I, we met initially when, uh, and this is for you know, many of us as entrepreneurs, I was a serial entrepreneur, I've started a whole bunch of businesses, and I'm not, I wasn't online, and I met you before I started doing video, before I did any of the stuff online, uh, you were helping out a good friend of both of us, Brendan Bouchard. And uh, Brendan is, I don't know, how would you describe Brendan? What is Brendan? Gosh, well, I think he's, he's one of the premier premier marketers and trainers for in the expert space today. Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, he's just a phenomenal individual, really talented, getting together with him next month, at another mastermind. He's in a mastermind group. And uh, just... And you've been along there guiding, helping, and so on. And that's where we first met four years ago when I became on this journey of how could I magnify our voice of our companies using the tools of what you and Brendan and others are doing. And I, I'll tell you, for entrepreneurs who are not yet using all these tools, I mean, there's some amazing lessons learned. So tell me how you got, I mean, you started out as a CPA. I, you know, I, I took in college one class, cost accounting, and I go, that's that, not that, for me. That's not That was enough, me. huh? Yeah, but tell us a little bit of the journey, Mel. You know, it's interesting. I, I ended up as a CPA primarily because I didn't know what else I was going to do in college, and someone told me it was a uh, it was a great profession to go into. And, and if I could only remember who told me that, yeah. I'd straighten <laughs> You know, but it, it gave me the inroads to doing, to understanding business. Uh, but I realized early on, I went to one of the large local firms and I was, I was on a fast track to partnership. And the reality is that a number of years into it, I was looking, I, I was working late at night, which I did a lot. And I looked into the partner's office and, and there I saw my future of being, you know, overweight, high blood pressure, diabetes, stressed out and wondering whether I'm going to make it to 46. And, and usually I, lost your spouse along the way. Other than that, it's a really good picture. 
yeah, it's a really good road. So, so I mean, I literally that night walked in and quit and took off and actually left and went to Japan for a number of months, which is a whole nother story, but came back knowing that I wanted to do something more, that I didn't want to just be a little cog in the wheel. I wanted to build something. I wanted to have a greater impact. I wanted to, to, to know that I could make a difference in, in people's businesses and lives. And that's how this journey started. And so I ended up going into a large local firm and splitting my partners in 1997 came to me and said, hey, we don't want to be a partner anymore, which left me with no client backlog, no cash flow. I had just purchased a house, so it was $350,000 in debt. And I just that year happened to be the year that I became a single full-time dad. So here I was trying to, to take care of what was one of my life's greatest gifts and greatest responsibilities while trying to allow my dreams to flourish and so i started working like crazy to build it not knowing what i was doing it right well and it's one of the things that happens mel and you know i mean you've worked with so many entrepreneurs and life in truths i mean you've had your experiences uh, i've had mine too <laughs> absolutely and it's not you know getting knocked down all of us get knocked down but it's how we get back up that you know is how we deal with these things so you got knocked down a lot of things going on in life a lot of responsibilities you've made the decision now to go in this direction where did it take you you know the interesting thing i think the biggest knockdown that i got was shortly after that as i was building i was getting momentum and growing you know my son came home from school one day and looked at me and says hey daddy daddy says i drew a picture of you at school today <laughs> and I bent down to look at this picture, and, and there I was, a felt-tip pen drawing in blue pen of me standing in front of two computer screens, a phone in one ear, a phone in the other ear, and the other one ringing. And it, it was a shot to the heart to sit back and say, wow, this is how he saw me. It wasn't about us playing ball. It wasn't about us at Disneyland. He saw me in an office doing work, and that's the description he had of his dad. And And, you know, kids are just brutally truthful but very insightful and and that's when I started to think about all right how do we shift how is it that I can create my business and have other people create their businesses without uh, separating things can they coexist our dreams and our life at the same time and that's when because as entrepreneurs, you know, you see it. We have what I call the hummingbird syndrome. We see these opportunities and we start chasing them and we go full full force into it. And then all of a sudden we look back and say, all right, I got this ball called this opportunity and then I'm going to stuff in the cracks my life. And that's a mistake. And, well, and I learned that from a six-year-old. Yeah, it's a hard lesson in all of us. If you've got a successful business now, and certainly if you've done a number of businesses, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect balance in life. At least I don't think there is. I'm looking for harmony and being conscious. I'm big on being successful on purpose so that you think through these things. And at those kind of conversations, Mel, and, you know, those drawings that all of a sudden we get to realize, why are we building business? You know, to be hugely successful but have nobody around that loves you or cares about you is probably not a good thing. It really isn't. You know, I have a framework that I talk about based on this called the Nine Ideals of Legacy, and the top two ideals really are about lifestyle and freedom. Freedom being, in my mind, peace of mind. You know, and the truth is that wealth doesn't necessarily equate to peace of mind. You think it does. But it depends on how you're chasing that, how you're building that success as to whether you have peace of mind. And that's 
part of what came out of this whole interaction with Jeremy and then this journey. Jeremy that at that time was six, seven years old. He's 24 today. So it's been this 18-year journey to figure out how to do this and have them coexist because I agree with you this concept of work-life balance I don't think is true I think it's a myth and I think that what it is like you're saying I use a different word is living life intentionally mm -hmm. and making decisions that you know you're making consciously to look at your business and make business decisions in that context and knowing how it affects everything. Well, you know, for all the entrepreneurs who are with us today, whether you're on the video podcast and viewing this or you're on the audio and listening to us, I mean, this is these are fundamental issues as an entrepreneur. And this is why I want to bring Mel on is that, you know, it's so easy. Well, actually, it's not easy to start a business, but you can start it, have success, hard work, driving. And sometimes we get caught up in that and always bigger is better. And, you know, it's kind of mine's bigger than yours type thing, often a male thing that we get caught up in. And, and we forget why we're in it. You know, this is, and today we have the, Mel, I get the chance to talk with some of the top medical professionals I'm bringing in. I want to focus on quality of life in the podcast, not only just growing your business and, you know, taking care of the team and making smart decisions, but, you know, all of a sudden we're going to start living longer and we're going to be, have more productive lives. And geez, what a great platform to have a great lifestyle, entrepreneurial business that you can have for the rest of your life is such an opportunity that sometimes we're setting ourselves up for failure. You know, one of the things I tell my entrepreneurs and some of my clients that I mentor, I said, it's not about business for business sake. It's about business for life's sake. And really looking at it in that realm and understanding how that goes. I built a practice. I had 30 some, 30 plus people working for me at one point in time. And then, but like you said, my quality of life, everything suffered. The joy that I was getting out of it changed and shifted. And that's when I started to shift things and say, how do I want to do this? How do I want to move things away and, and start to change the way I interacted with my business world, if you will. And now I, I'm actually making more money, having more free time. I took 82 days off last year with my beautiful wife to travel the world and enjoying it a lot more. And there's just me and a couple of staff. That's it. Well, let's take a step back because, I mean, we can go into and compare our down moments, as I mentioned. And, you know, if we, we had everybody on Skype with us or Google Plus or Google Hangout and we got everybody on, we'd have all kinds of stories. What I'd like to do is help our fellow entrepreneurs, Mel, how can we not have to go through that low moment? I mean, I can remember going in and we had overexpanded the business and built an office building leveraged up to the hill, recession happened, and almost went bankrupt. And I uh, didn't, but, you know, it's just, there's nothing like coming home to your wife and saying, honey, I think we're losing everything. And uh, I, I did, I have a great wife of 33 years, and she hugged me and said, well, we'll do it better next time. And that, oh, that's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, that, that was like, I think I cried, she did. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we all have those moments, but it's, how can we, you know, I forget the name of the consultant. He's one of the famous guys. He's retired now. And he wrote a book called The Fat Smoker Strategy or, you know, that we all wait until we have the heart attack and then we lose the weight. We go ahead. How can we not have the entrepreneurial heart attack and design our business? You know, I call it successful on purpose. You call it intentional. What are some of the steps that we do to make this happen? You know, this is an interesting thing to talk about because a lot of times 
when I first get involved with businesses, they want to talk about the mechanics of business. How do I make money? How do I do this? You know, what systems do I have to have in place? What products? And I think one of the things to do first is to get real clear on who you want to be, how you're going to show up individually and as a business. Because until we understand those concepts of corporate identity or business identity, what our values are in our business, what our vision is of what we're going to stand for, we can't make the proper decisions on the mechanics of business. And what ends up happening is we get carried away in the current of opportunities. We're not filtering the opportunities. One of the biggest things that allowed me to grow, and it's a challenge daily, uh, to grow the way I've grown without it sucking the life out of me, is being able to to know what I stand for, what are the opportunities that I'm looking at, and why I'm going that way. So when something comes to me, I can look at it and say, it's a great opportunity, but it's not the right time for me, or it's not right for me, and being willing, and that one of the hardest things for an entrepreneur to do is to say no to opportunities. And one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is to be able to look at it and say, not for me. And, and what I... I try to get our entrepreneurs to do is I say, let's let's look at where, we, and this came out of me sitting on a board of directors. I sit on a number of boards of directors and our business development team came in one day and said, we've got all these opportunities in Japan and Russia and Canada and the US and they're traveling all the world. And I said, wait a second, how are you filtering what it is we're doing? And they said, well, we're not. And so I came up with a process that that allows them to say, all right, where's my core strengths? and rank them on a scale of one to 10. And where are the opportunities, the probability of success and the profitability of the opportunity? And rank those on a, on a scale of zero to 10. And what that does graphically is it puts you into four quadrants. And the only one I wanna go into is what I call the diamonds. High core strengths, high probability of success, high profitability. The rest of it we're gonna leave alone for now. But that allows you to take and dedicate your resources, dedicate your time to the two or three things you should be doing that's going to move the needle the greatest in the shortest amount of time. Now, and I, that to me is, is one of the greatest things you can do. Yeah, I want to dive into this a little bit more about because I, I think this is so critical. And it's, you know, for all the successful entrepreneurs that are with us today, I mean, you know, this is a challenge. As you have more and more success, what happens is, you know, geez, you get flooded with opportunities. And uh, I had a really good one uh, this morning. And, uh, you know, it's, and it's not only when you have clarity, as Mel's saying, only have clarity on where you want to take yourself, your team, your business, that you can say no. And if you don't say no and you get diffused, I mean, we've all had that. We get distracted by the shiny new thing and so on. And I'm one of those personalities that I can be. I mean, Mel, I, I have, you know, I mean, and so, you know, I've got a whole team around me to make sure we stay focused on our mission of what we want to accomplish and we don't screw up each other's life. This is big. You know, you kind of hit on a, a, an incredibly important point uh, is that you have a team around you. Uh, we were just talking about our friend, uh, Brendan, and we were, you know, him and I, basically his business advisor, he's my marketing advisor, but we're like brothers. He was in the middle of an opportunity and he looked at me and he says, if I ever talk about doing this again, do whatever you have to do to stop me. And that's the thing, to surround yourself with a team of people, mentors, and folks that 
are willing to be really upfront with you, bordering on blunt, but willing to say, you know, hey, John, is this, this isn't really what you said to me before. This isn't really where you want to go. I get it that there may be a profit in here, but is this, is this the right thing to do? And call you on, on it in a way, that, in a caring way, but in a direct way, enough for you to say, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, to surround ourselves with these kinds of people is really important. It really is. And, and you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm in Silicon Valley and, and the, the idea here is a big word that everybody uses is pivot now. And we're not saying that you're not going to change because, I mean, Mel, you've evolved over the years. And I mean, really, I've known you for, I think, about four or maybe five years. You've yeah. evolved a lot over that period. I have, too. We're not talking about changing, but we're talking about living intentionally on the, you know, what we want to achieve and bringing that team. And you know, I've got some great people, both family and business, that kind of will say, hey, you know, John, wait a minute, are you, is that where you want to go? And oftentimes they're right. No, I don't really want to go that way. Well, why are you doing that? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, Mel, t tell me, let's go to a segment here. What are you passionate about now? What are you working on? Gosh, there's actually two things that I'm really working on. One is I've got my, my book is in, in the final stages of publication. The Entrepreneur's Solution is in the final stages. We're in the cover design phase. That's going to be out toward the latter part of this year. And so we're in the process of planning and strategizing for well, that. Well, congratulations being at that point. I am looking forward to a good read here because I know there'll be some great insights. It's going to be a great, well, I'm biased, but it's going to be a great book. And it's a story of a journey, you know, entrepreneurial journey. But the other thing that I'm in, in the process of, I've got my live events and stuff, but we're kicking off my, basically my YouTube channel, my entrepreneurial YouTube channel and doing the podcasts and, and all that. That is probably launching in the next uh, three or four weeks. So we're real excited about, about that. You know, the idea is to provide, provide some guidance to the entrepreneurs and business owners that are out there, as well as those that are looking to find their way in, into that place, to look at the new paradigm for life and say, I don't have to give up my dreams. I can pull them out of the darkness, dust them off and go forward and make that happen and to give them access to information that they might not otherwise have had access to in a place that they can go to ask questions and uh, and build from. And so that's really kind of the two areas that I'm really focused in on and working with entrepreneurs. So I, no, I think that's... we live in a time of unprecedented opportunity because there's unprecedented change today. And it's the place that entrepreneurs fit the best. Well, and there's such a need for leadership and all of us as entrepreneurs just have a huge opportunity. And now with tools at hand that we're talking about here. I mean, Mel, when was the first business video that you shot? Gosh, I, don't know, I think I buried it because it wasn't yeah, very know, good. No, it's, a, but, uh, it's very important that we don't show our very first one. So get your first, if you haven't done it yet, get your first one out right away. Get then, it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Because I never thought it would be so hard to just get my name out, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but I probably started shooting videos, well, it's been probably four years, but most of my videos when I first started were live videos. Mm -hmm. So I was in the front of a live audience and they were, but the first time that I tried to do it in a studio was probably about three and a half years ago. And, and talking to that, just that camera, it's not an easy thing to do. Well, but I realized just like pretty much any business skill, it's learnable and it's, it's a matter of repetition and doing it and doing it and being willing to trip and fall. And then finding the fun in it and laughing and going, mm -hmm. that really sucked. 
you know? Well, and, and I mean, really, you and I are doing this. This is, you know, we're, this is a one-take video or audio, if you're listening on audio. And we want to get our messages out, both of us. And I just want, the reason why I wanted to just stop on that for a second, Mel, is that I see, you know, this is a, you know, it's a great tool. I didn't probably started using video more than a couple that I shot out about four years ago, too. And so you're looking at two guys starting in the financial services industry that are on video and then have, you know, thousands and thousands of people that are following us that we can get that message out. And I'm not, the reason why I'm sharing that with you is this isn't that hard to do. You can find, you know, people that can help you and, you know, geez, and people who are really good at it, like Brendan, I mean, what, Brendan's numbers are just off the chart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely off the charts. And wow. you, don't need, I, you don't need to be at that level to make an impact. You don't, and I think that, that there's something to be said a little bit, even for the raw. I l recently was just actually in Sydney speaking with Brendan. We were, we were out there speaking, and I literally took my $250 you know, Vixia camera, I had a, a, a gorilla tripod. I walked out underneath the Sydney Harbor Bridge, attached it to a rail, plugged in a $20 microphone, and shot a 10-minute video for folks. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, and are you on a webcam? It's a really good quality yes. picture. Yeah, so I mean, you know, 100 bucks at most type webcam. I, I do have a camcorder, so I got a, I got a $1,000 camera here because it's a home studio, but I mean, it's just, yeah, you don't you don't need for a thousand dollars. You got the whole production studio that a truck would have been. You know, a quarter of a million dollar TV studio on the wheels. You know, just a few years ago. And remember, I think YouTube started two thousand five. So, you know, this is you know getting your message out, leveraging it. You know, once you get clear, coming back to what you you get clear, you get intentional. As Mel's saying, you you know what you want to accomplish. Boy, there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. Now, you know what, especially because we kind of come from the same worlds, the financial worlds. I mean, the thought of financial professionals coming out from behind the desk and doing a video. I think that if we understand that as as mentors, as entrepreneurs, as um, financial professionals, even the realization is that each business has a personality. And one of the greatest ways for them to allow to see into your soul of the personality of the business and who you are and resonate with you is through video because they can see your facial expressions. They can see the passion you have. They can see your messaging. They can watch you. It's not like sending a brochure anymore. And I think we can connect with people. We often confuse the context. I've got 2,000 friends on Facebook. Well, they're not friends, they're contacts. And contacts don't equate to connections. And that's what our, I think the market space is really starved for is connecting. Well, and, and one of the things, let me go on this and then I'm gonna come to the apps, but the, the uh, research we've done, Mel, and it's 84% of affluent and uh, financial guys, so we define affluent as a million or more financial assets, 84% want to, in any business transaction, emotionally connect with you first, okay? then they're gonna use logic to justify the engagement. So when we talk about emotionally connecting, this is storytelling, this is you know, getting your personality out, and it's very hard to do that you know, without connecting from whether it's video or audio or, or in a very well thought out communication. Absolutely it is. Well, let's go to the next segment. Okay.
And Mel, this is the app of the day. And, you know, one of the things you've leveraged technology, I mean, you know, tying it to the Sydney Harbor Bridge and all this stuff. I mean, you know, it, uh, you could do some of the greatest. We have another mutual friend, Joe Polish, and Joe, I mean, used to use flip phones. Now the iPhones are so good. And, you know, just holding your smartphone up and taking the picture, you know, beyond a selfie now, a video marketing and communicating, it's just so powerful. But what do you, are there any apps that you're using on your smartphone? Well, I'm trying to stay in contact with my audience, with my peers and everything. So a lot of my apps that I, I use are the more traditional uh, apps, social social media apps, the, the Facebook and the Instagrams and, and the Twitters uh, on the phone. But I'm combining them with, for instance, shooting video on my iPhone and and, or shooting pictures on an iPhone and giving giving messages and and encouragement and all that. So so I, by and large, I probably spend a lot of time when you talk about apps uh, doing that. And and when I see something, you know, it's getting comfortable with with seeing something just like I did at the Sydney Harbor Bridge and going, I want to just shoot something. Just give me a moment. I'm going to shoot something. And being able to to do that, people are walking around when you, when you see this video of the Sydney Harbor Bridge. There was a, a school field trip, and the kids were walking, and one kid wanted to walk between the camera and me. And you just kind of roll with it, and having fun with it, making it real, uh, I think makes a difference. And so I spend time just uh, you know connecting with the audience as much as I can, based upon what's going on in life right there, using the apps on the phone. And has that been effective for you? It has. It, uh, what I what I'm finding is that there is interaction when you when you give them a little picture of your life. I mean, one of the my most you know engaging posts happened to be I'm, I I love key lime pie, and uh, a great entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneur and, and entrepreneurial uh, consultant is a guy by the name of Marcus Limonis. He's the uh, CEO of Camping World, and he's the co-host or host of The Profit, and he goes into businesses and he turns, he'll buy a share of them and try to turn them around. And one of the businesses was this, the, the Key Lime Pie Company down in Key West, Florida. And I saw that they put this, this uh, you know, The Profit deal out, and I ordered The Profit deal, which was like two Key Lime Pies and a bunch of chocolate-dipped Key Lime Pies, you know, and I, <laughs> I work out a lot to work that stuff up. But I, I spread them all out and I took a picture of me holding a pie up and going, it's a key lime day. And I talked about the lessons from that show and how he turned them around. But they saw a little picture of me personally in that process. And it really engaged with them. And, and, and a lot of folks started to really cor correspond with me and dialogue with me about some of the lessons because it wasn't just pure business it was it was a little picture into my life now it's and i gotta tell you so many valuable relationships have happened because of doing that for me too I mean, you gotta you gotta make sure you know however you do it in life that you don't let it overcome you but it be yeah. you know successful on purpose intentional on this okay let's go to the next segment sure And so the book of the day, what is the book of the day? You know, what would be, would you want to recommend that your fellow entrepreneurs? You know, I think one of the, one of the books that I love, love, love right now is, is Simon Sinek's book, Leaders Are the Last to Eat. Yeah, let me put um, it up on screen. This is a, the Amazon one, and uh, I have not read it. I, as a matter of fact, I didn't know he had it out. So I will, that will be one I'll be ordering today. It's a great book about 
leadership from a different perspective and and understanding the why and resonating with your team and i and i think that he he does it in such a way that he he brings in a little bit of the science but also the psychology behind it and the performance behind it and and it's a wonderfully put together book on on the topic both my both my wife she's she's built created and worked with teams for the last two decades in her uh, management position and so she's reading it and loves loves the stuff in it too well and you mentioned there was another book and i told you i would go ahead and let you do it because this is an area that you and i both love yeah we've got a absolutely. really good friend that's helped both of us bo eason uh, but tell me what the book is. So, so this is a book. This is also a book that is written by uh, the director of consumer communication, Proctor Gamble, a guy by the name of Paul Smith, and it is "Start with a Story." And the cool thing about this book is what he's done is he talks about story in business in a business context and how to structure a story. But then most of the chapters are broken down into the twenty-one. Uh, biggest leadership challenges of the day and in each of those chapters he's encapsulating how to use story to affect those challenges to transcend those challenges and to to work your team through those challenges and so uh, that's the other the, those are the two books that I've really focused on uh, of, of late it's uh, start with a story who's the author again um, Paul Smith okay you know I'm pulling up the wrong one here so let me just do that and it's, you know, we have a mutual friend. Why don't you mention Bo while I'm typing this in? What Bo Eason is a mutual friend of ours, probably one of the, the greatest storytellers of our of our time. But I, I think that doesn't do him justice because he's he lives his stories. I mean, when the audience sees him perform uh, his his stuff, they live it. It's an emotional experience. And Bo came as a retired NFL player who, who said said to himself when he got out of the NFL he was so used to physically you know exerting himself and releasing that tension that he turned around and, and said I gotta find some other release for me otherwise I'm going to jail and uh, and so that release and, for and him was he, to he has found the yeah he has found a release that's he that. has. And it, is, it is an incredible experience to have him but you know we talk about Bo we talk about Brendan and, and yourself, John, I, th I think that there's something beneath that that I, is that that the generosity of of these folks, the 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 authenticity of of yourself and and a Bo and a Brendan that you may not see on the screen, but we know because we know them personally is is amazing because they're real people, they live real lives, and they really care about what they're doing and why they're doing it, and they'll serve just. For the sake of serving. Yeah. So, and and definitely, I just thought of it. You, I think you introduced me to Bo too. So, yes, <laughs> thank yes. you. Okay, let's go to the uh, segment. I need one key idea. Hang on, just for a second. This is my favorite segment. It's the one entrepreneurial insight. You know, with all this journey you've been on, you know, what would be the one thing that jumps out? Gosh, I think the one thing that jumps out and that's shifted everything with the way I do business and many of the folks that I am mentoring do business is to realize that I don't believe that there is such a thing as a business decision and that every decision we make is a life decision. The context may be business, but we need to realize that the choices we make affect lives, whether it's our team lives our lives, our significant others, our children, we need to make those decisions in the context of a life decision. And when we do, we give it the proper weight, 
we give it the proper attention, we give it the proper focus, and we typically make the better decision for the grand scheme of life versus just a profit motive. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's so easy. And, and this is, you know, it's maybe a little understandable as we're getting started that you're driving, but you're, you're setting yourself up for disappointed, uh, disappointment all along life. And then, you know, when we've accumulated a decent net worth, so we're okay, we're independent, and we're still charging hard, it's so easy to, you know, effectively lose the most important things in our life. So, you know, make sure to take that time. Go to uh, resources. And I'm going to pull up your website, Mel. What what can they have there? And probably the best thing is is if they if they just log into there, you'll get a series of my training videos, and you'll get access to the training that I'm, I'm continually adding. Like I said, we're we're starting the YouTube channel with with more and more videos. So. That, I like to do things via video. It's easier than me sitting at a keyboard. So by by subscribing to those videos, you'll get a training series, and then you'll continue to get training videos. You'll have access to be able to ask questions of me, and that may actually turn up in another new video to 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 respond to it. So that's probably the probably the best resource that that I could give because it's it'll it'll be continually updated. No, that's great. And I can, I can share that you know, Mel's got some unbelievable content, so you'll want to visit that. Let me summarize everything. Okay, Mel, this has been really valuable, and it's just reinforced a lot of the beliefs I have. And, and these are important ones to be reinforced, because I don't know that we shared anything that was absolutely new, but what they were were unbelievably valuable insights in the framing. Number one, living life intentionally. I mean, this is, you know, I don't know, whatever your beliefs are spiritually, how many lives you got, this is one we've got for sure. And let's make it what you want to make it, you know, so that you're delivering value, great value to the world, as well as receiving it. It's just huge opportunity, but it doesn't happen unless we're going to be intentional about it. Second thing is the power of no. I, I got to tell you, this is one took me a while to learn is that, you know, as you, particularly if you have some early success along the way, that's oftentimes the worst thing that can happen. Absolutely. You, know, you want to fail quick on this stuff. And so, you know, learn the power of no, stay focused on whatever it is that intention that you want with you and your team, your family, make sure to do it. And then the third is you know, th that combination of business and life. There is no pure business decision Mel was sharing with us. And I totally agree. I mean, everything you do in business affects your life, affects oftentimes, depending on the scale of the business, many, many lives. So make sure that you're making it in context. Mel, this has been uh, fantastic. You're a remarkable guy. You're really out there making a difference. I want to thank you for joining us today and sharing your insights. Well, thank, thank you, John, for asking me. This was, like I said, it was my honor to, to be part of this. And, uh, share the time with you. I, I look forward to it and, and look forward to seeing you again soon. Okay, well, I do as well. And for all our fellow entrepreneurs out there, let's go out and make a difference. Your clients, your customers, and all those future ones, they're counting on you to live life intentionally. Let's go out and make a huge difference together.